thankful for the presence of the Lord, thankful for you this morning, and um, if you would like to share what I feel like the Lord has laid on my heart, the scripture that we're going to read is from the book of Luke, chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading with the 14th verse. So Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 14. This is Jesus speaking, and he says in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And all eyes of them that were in the synagogue were fasted upon him. And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And I'm going to stop reading right there this morning. Ask that you bow your heads and let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful this morning, Lord, for the opportunity that you have granted unto us to be here in the house of God. I thank you for the presence of the Lord that we have sensed and that we have felt as we have worshipped and we have honored your name. We come to the reading of your word and the ministry of your word this morning. And Father, I would ask that you would bless me in order to be a blessing to the hearer. I pray that you would put your words in my mind and in my mouth and that you would fill my mouth with what you would have us to hear. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you will give us liberty to expound upon the word that I feel that you have laid upon my heart. I, I pray above all things that Christ is glorified and that the church is edified. I ask, Lord, now that you give me the unction to function. In my own ability, I can do nothing. But, Lord, if you will touch our hearts, if you will touch our spirit, if you will touch this vessel of clay and make me an able minister, then I know that our hearts will be blessed. I ask all of these things for your glory and we will thank you for them throughout eternity. And we ask in the mighty and the awesome name of Jesus and everyone in agreement with that prayer said amen. amen. So I want to title my sermon this morning or I want to title the message this morning that the Lord has laid upon my heart motivated by mission. Motivated by mission. 
I would like to begin this service this morning by asking the same question that I asked last week as I began last week's sermon. How many of you remember last week's message or last week's question? For those of you that may not have been here, I asked the question, what do you suppose that it was that motivated Jesus to do the things that he did in his earthly ministry? I told the folks last week it wasn't a trick question and that there was probably more than just one answer to that, to that question. But if you were unable to be here last Sunday, you know that there's more than one answer to the question. And so last Sunday we talked about his compassion. And, and if you were not with us this last Sunday, then you will know that we spoke about Jesus being motivated or compelled by a great compassion in his heart. One of the things that motivated him to do the things that he did as he went about his ministry on earth was his compassion. When Jesus saw the hurting multitudes, the Bible says that he was moved with compassion. When Jesus was approached by the man with leprosy, the scripture teaches us that he was moved with compassion. When Jesus was standing at the grave of Lazarus, the Bible said that he groaned within himself. That groaning down on the inside was a deeper, amen, inner, it was a deep inner compassion that caused him to be stirred all the way to the very core of his being. He saw the weeping family. He saw the friends that were grieving. And he was moved with compassion. Compassion moved Jesus to heal the sick and the suffering. Compassion is what caused Jesus to feed the multitudes. I said last week that he looked out at the multitudes that had been with him for three days. And he said, I can't send them home hungry. And so he said, do we have any food here? And, and they said, Lord, we don't have nearly enough. And Jesus said, what do you have? And they brought what they had to him. And it was just five loaves and a few fish. And the Bible said that he took it and he blessed it and he broke it and he multiplied it and he gave it back so that the whole multitude could be fed. But what caused him to do that miracle? It was his compassion. Compassion moved Jesus to restore the sight to the blind. Compassion moved Jesus to touch the leper who was unclean and say, I will be thou clean. Jesus was motivated by compassion, amen, and so motivated that in his spirit he was moved to respond. He was moved to react. His heart was so filled with compassion that it moved him to react and to respond. As we closed our service last week, we concluded that the scriptures teach us 
that we should have a heart of compassion. Compassion is what moved and motivated Jesus to have effective ministry. I submit to you this morning as I concluded last week's sermon, I submit to you that we too, in order to be effective, then our lives should be moved with compassion. We should have a compassion for our fellow man, a compassion for their hurts, for their needs, a compassion that moves us to the point that we are willing to become involved. Like the good Samaritan who saw the man that was wounded on the side of the Jericho road and he goes and he binds up the wounds, pours in oil and the wine and sets him on his own beast and says, you ride, I'll walk. That's compassion. We should have that same motivating compassion in our lives. When I brought to you that message last week, I had no idea that the Spirit of the Lord would have me to continue talking about things that motivated Jesus in his earthly ministry. And I, I, I'm going to minister along that same line. What was it that caused Jesus to do the things that he did in his ministry upon planet Earth? We know that he was moved with compassion. But this morning, I want to speak to you about an, uh, another element that empowered Jesus to do the things that he did. Yet another element that moved him to do the things that he did. And this morning, I want to talk to you about his mission, how that he was motivated by his mission. Yes, he had a compassionate heart, and yes, he was filled with compassion, but there were some other things that motivated the Lord. There's more than one answer to the question. And one of the things that motivated Jesus to do the things that he did was his mission. What I want us to understand this morning and what I believe the Holy Spirit would have us to understand and what he's laid upon my heart for this service this morning is that we need to have or we need, amen, to recognize that Christ had a mission when he came to this earth. And many of the things that he did, many of the things that he said, and many of the things that he taught were an extension of his ministry. Amen. They were an extension of his ministry. They were an extension of the mission that he had been set out to do. He was motivated with mission over and over again. Scripture teaches throughout the word of God that Jesus' mission was multifaceted. Let me endeavor this morning to show you what I mean. The Bible tells us that he came to be the light of the world. That title became an extension of his ministry and an extension of his mission because he came to reveal spiritual light to those who sat in darkness. 
How many of you remember sitting in darkness and in your sin? And the light of the gospel and the light of the word revealed that sin in your heart and revealed a savior and a way of salvation for your life. The Bible says that Jesus spoke in John chapter 1, verse number 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And listen to this, and in Him, in Him was life. And that life was the light of men. And that light shined in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. John says there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to bear witness and to bear witness of the light. That all men might believe. Listen to what John says. He says, John, he was not the light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light. That true light, which lighteth every man and cometh into the world. He's talking about, amen, the mission of Christ. He's talking about the reason for which Jesus has come into this world and the reason that motivated him to do the things that he did. He's talking about Christ being the light of our life and the light of truth that shines in the darkness so that we might have a clear path to follow John goes on to say he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not but he says as many as received him as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe upon his name Amen. In other words, the scripture is saying that Jesus came on a mission to bring light to our darkened hearts. He came to extinguish the darkness of sin. I don't know about you this morning, but I thank God. I thank God for the day that he brought light to my darkened heart. Amen. I thank God for the day that he brought a light to my darkened heart. There was a time when I sat in darkness. There was a time, amen, when I sat in my sin and I was comfortable and I was fine. But oh, thank God that he shined a light round about me and he showed me a better way. Thank God that he lightened my darkness. Thank God that he lightened your darkness. That was part of his mission. That's why he came. His mission motivated him to bring light unto our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 63, he said, It is the spirit that quickens the flesh, profits nothing. How many of you have found that out? The flesh will profit you nothing. But he goes on to say, But the words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. 
lock on to his word. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. His mission caused him to be a light to those that sat in darkness. He became the good shepherd of the sheep. That title became an extension of his ministry and his mission because, uh, amen, the good shepherd would ultimately lay down his life for the sheep. He came to be the bread of life. Uh, That title became an extension of his ministry because uh, he brought unto us the words uh, of eternal life. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, and verse number four it is written man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God his word brings light and life unto our heart let me give you a few more examples he came to be the author and the finisher of our faith He came to be our kinsman redeemer. He came to be our advocate and our mediator. He came to be the author of eternal salvation. He came to be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. I could go on and on and on because many of the things that he did were a cause and effect they were they were a cause of his ministry on and on everything that he did everything that he said everything that he taught was a result of his mission that he had set out to fulfill let me give you some scriptures this morning jesus said in matthew 5 and verse 17 Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. He's about to tell us his mission. I have not come to destroy, but I have come to fulfill. Mark chapter 2 and verse 17. They that are whole, Jesus said, need no physician, but they that are sick. And he's about to tell us his mission. I came not to call the righteous. But I came to call the sinner to repentance. Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10. He said, for the son of man, he's about to tell us his mission, is come to seek and to save that which is lost. That's what he came to do. He man, John chapter 10, verse number 10. He said, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He man, listen up. He's about to tell us uh, his mission. He said, but I am come that you might have life uh, and that you might have it more abundantly. Hmm. 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. The scripture said, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why he came. That was part of his mission, to destroy the works of the of the devil. Mark chapter 10, verse 45. He said, For even the Son of Man 
came not to be ministered unto. He's about to tell us his mission. I didn't came to be ministered unto, but I came to minister, to serve. I came to minister and give my life a ransom for many. What I want us to see this morning and what I desire for us to understand is that all of these verses that I have just shared with you share with us, amen, the mission that he came to fulfill. And all of these things he did because of his mission and the purpose for which he came. Our text this morning is yet another powerful statement concerning the mission of Jesus Christ. In the theater of your mind, I want you to go back with me over 2,000 years ago. And Jesus is visiting his home church. He grew up in Nazareth. He went to the synagogue in Nazareth. And in the theater of your mind, verse 14 says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit unto Galilee. And there went out a fame throughout all of the region round about him, or round about him concerning him. And the Bible says in verse 15, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. In verse 16, he comes to Nazareth where he was brought up. The hometown boy is coming back to his church where he grew up in Sunday school. Hello? And the Bible said, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and he stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. Now listen, I, I mean, I, want you to, I, I don't want you to miss this. Everybody in, everybody in that synagogue knew who he was. That was Joseph and Mary's boy. That was Jesus. That was the carpenter's son. Everybody knew who he was. He has returned to his home church. He comes in, every eye is upon him because they have heard of some of the things that he has done in other places. And they are anxious to see their hometown prophet in action. They are anxious to hear what he would say. They are anxious to hear what he would say to them. And Jesus takes the book of Isaiah or the scroll of Isaiah. In that day it would have been a scroll. And he opens the scroll to the place it, we, in our Bible, it's Isaiah chapter 61. He opens the scroll to a particular passage and he begins to read. And this particular passage, we need to understand that the prophet Isaiah is saying these things about the coming Messiah. Understand that when God moved by the Holy Spirit upon Isaiah to write these words, he was talking about a prophetic day when the Messiah would come and these would be the attributes of the Messiah. And Jesus opens the scroll to this setting of Scripture. 
And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And all of the congregation went, amen. We can agree with that. That's the word, brother. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. Amen, preacher. That's good stuff right there. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives. He starts telling them his mission. He's telling them the reason that he has been sent. The recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And the whole congregation went, yes, amen. That is good stuff right there. And he closed the book. And he gave it to the minister. And everybody was with him right up until he said, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Oh, what? What did, didn't he say what I think he said? Hello? What Jesus was saying to them was, I am Messiah. This is the reason that I have come. I have come to preach the gospel to the poor. I've come to preach some good news. I've come to heal the brokenhearted. I've come to set some captives free. I've come to preach deliverance. I've come, amen, to see those who are bound go free. Amen. He was telling them his mission. And that mission motivated him. This, he says, is the purpose for which I have come. My mission is to fulfill the will of my Father. My mission is to lead sinners to the knowledge of the grace of God. My mission is to serve others. My mission is to bind up the brokenhearted and the wounded and lift up the downtrodden and to testify of the good news. My mission is to set loose some folks that have been held captive too long. My mission, amen, is to come and release the oppressed that the enemy has had bound. Amen. I came to tell you this morning, one of the things that motivated him to do what he did was his compassion, but his mission motivated him as well. Hmm. Motivated him, his mission motivated him and you might be thinking to yourself pastor gary why why is that important why is that important well let me just tell you that i believe with all of my heart that it is important because his mission is also our mission hello his mission is also our mission. 
Do you have some scriptures to back that up? Let's go to John chapter 20 and verse number 21. This is what the scripture says. Jesus is speaking. He said, as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. John chapter 17 and verse number 17 through verse number 18. Jesus said, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. And listen to what he says. And Father, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. He said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. What was he saying? He's saying the same mission that God the Father sent me on is the same mission that I'm sending you on. I want you to go. I want you to Bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted. I want you to lift up those uh, who have been outcast. I want you to bind up the wounds. I want you to set some captives free. Amen. And in order to help you do it, I'm going to anoint you with the Spirit of the Lord. Hmm. You hear what I'm saying this morning? We have been sent into this world to be salt and light. We have been sent into this world to be a voice of truth and righteousness. We have been sent into this world to be a compass or a guide for others to find their way to the cross. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Verse number 16, he says this to us, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. He said, I want you to be like a city that is set up on the hill. I w How many of you have ever sat in our valley and, and when the ski resort bogus is open, you've sat here in the valley and in the evening just looked off toward the east and you could see the lights of bogus basin just shining all over the valley. Literally, you could see the lights of the runway or the lights of the ski way. Amen. That's what he's saying. He said, I want you, I want you to be a light. I want you to be like a city that is set up on a hill that when anybody looks around, they can see the good works in your life and see the good things that God is doing in your heart and know that God is real and they will glorify your Father which is in heaven because of the light that you shine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would submit to you this morning that if we are going to be effective in advancing the kingdom of God here in this earth and in our community, 
then we must have a heart of compassion. As I preached last week, it's one of the motivating factors in the ministry of Jesus. But I would also submit to you this morning that we must understand our mission. Cue Mission Impossible music. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. Hello? We must understand our mission. Our mission is to be light and salt. Our mission is the same mission that Jesus had. Encourage the discouraged. Help the outcasts. Help those that have been bruised and wounded along the road of life. How many of you know somebody that's been hurt, somebody that's been injured, somebody that's given up on the church, somebody that's given up on Jesus all because of what somebody did or somebody said? Anybody know anybody like that? Amen. It's our job. It's our mission to come alongside them and love on them and encourage them and lift them up and let them know not everybody's like that. You hear what I'm saying this morning? We have a divine mission both on a personal level and on a corporate level as Elevation Worship Center. Mission defines our purpose. Having a mission in front of our lives brings purpose and vision. If you have mission, you have purpose. If you have vision or mission, you have vision. If you have mission in your heart, then you have focus and direction. Every successful company, every successful organization, every fruitful ministry, every fruitful church must be motivated by a mission. Elevation Worship Center has had from the beginning a mission statement that I pray I can instill into your hearts this morning. Elevation Worship Center, what is our mission? Here's what the Bible says about not having a mission or a vision. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 says, where there is no vision, people perish. Where there is no vision, where there is no purpose, where there is no mission, people will perish. Where there is no objective, where there is no focus, where there is no end run or end game, people perish. From the very beginning of our existence, I desire to set out to clarify our mission and the reason for which we exist. I wanted to set out and clarify the purpose and our objective for our existence. Our name is derived, Elevation Worship Center's name is derived from our mission statement. Our mission statement can be found on the front page of our website. This is what it says. Our mission, to elevate 
the name of Jesus through worship and community outreach. That's our goal. To elevate, lift up, magnify, exalt. Not one person, but the name of Jesus. Amen. This is not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. That is our mission. That is our purpose. That is the reason that we exist. My desire, and I want your desire to be one thing. Lifting up the name of the Lord exalting the name of Jesus, testifying of the good things uh, that God has done. Elevate the name of Jesus through worship and community outreach. Let me just tell you, this morning the community will not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Hello? Our desire is to be an outreach to the community. To serve where we can serve. To help where we can help. To encourage when we can encourage. When God began to lay upon my heart to start this church, I said, yeah, right, Lord. Like Emmett doesn't have enough churches. Right? There's one on every corner. Why do you want me to start a church in Emmett? And finally, when I said yes to the Lord, I said, okay, Lord, only in one condition. You send me those that are hurting, and you send me those that have given up on you, and you send me those that have thrown in the towel and those that are driving over the hill. And I don't want to swap sheep. Send me those that are the outcasts, and I'll start a work because I desire is to elevate people in the Lord. Hmm. The second aspect of our mission to elevate the body of Christ through biblical teaching and preaching. I have long said that the difference between a preacher and a teacher is one is a teller and one is a yeller. <laughs> That's not the only difference, but <laughs> but it is my desire to elevate the body of Christ so that they come to an understanding of what it is that God has done for us. How that he has raised us up and seated us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. How that he's washed our sins away, written our names in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. And made us heirs and joint heirs with his son, Jesus Christ. My desire is to elevate the body of Christ through biblical teaching and preaching. Number three, to elevate, lift up, exalt, raise, elevate the believer through disciple, discipleship and fellowship. To elevate the message of the gospel of Christ in all that we set forth to do. That is our corporate goal. That is, that is our mission. That is what ought to pre propel us forward to advance the kingdom. It is about him and about people and about lifting them up and bringing them into a closer knowledge of the Lord. Our job 
as a, as a body of believers is to elevate the name of the Lord in this community. Testify of his grace and his mercy. Lift him up. Let me ask you now, on a personal level, what is your mission in life? Mission will cause you to make sacrifices that you wouldn't ordinarily make. Mission empowers us to do things that we would not ordinarily do. My question to all of us this morning is, what is our personal mission? And now let me just stop and just preach where we live for a moment. Too many people, their mission is life, in life is all about this life. How I can get ahead, a new home, a new car, none of that's bad. Nothing wrong with any of that. But I have some other missions in mind. Not some earthly missions, but some heavenly missions. Amen. You hear what I'm saying this morning? What is your mission? What is the legacy that you desire to leave behind in your wake, in your trail? Do you want others to be better off because you pass by that way? Do you want others to be encouraged and say, I can, when the enemy says they can't? Our, our personal mission should be to do everything that we could do to honor and lift up the Lord. Let me just share with you a quick, quick testimony about the Apostle Paul, and then I'll close. The Apostle Paul was on a mission, had a letter in his pocket to persecute the church. And he was doing a great job until one day on the Damascus Road, he came face to face with Jesus Christ. He was knocked to the ground. A great light shone round about him. You could read about it in Acts chapter 7. Great light shines round about him. He's blinded. And he says, who art thou? And Jesus speaks from heaven and said, I am Jesus whom you persecute. I am Jesus whom you persecute. I am the one. You are, you're, you are on a mission to persecute my church. And, and if you read that story, Saul is taken to an individual's house. A few days later, someone comes, sent of the Lord to pray for him. He receives his sight, and God gave him a brand new mission to preach grace to the Gentile church. Now, let me just share with you that nearly two-thirds of the New Testament is written by the hand of Paul. That same guy on the Damascus Road. Maybe you're here this morning and you are on a personal mission, not giving much thought to a heavenly mission. Maybe you are here this morning and you are like Saul. You, you have got your own agenda. Well, let me just share with you this, this morning that the Lord 
desires to come along and shake up a few things and give you a heavenly agenda, a heavenly mission to reach others for the kingdom of God, something that will have eternal consequences. And the question is, what is our mission? We should exist. We should exist to elevate and encourage one another. We should exist to elevate and exalt the name of the Lord. We should exist to, amen, live a committed life that reflects obedience unto the Lord. And the final thing that I will say to you this morning is that Jesus accomplished his earthly mission and entered into the heavenly realm where he is ever seated at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for you and I. And because he sits at the right hand of God and because he lives, then we can fulfill the mission that God has placed upon our hearts. Bow your head, if you will, this morning, please. Bow your heads. Heavenly Father, in the mighty and glorious name of your Son, the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this morning. Thank you for the example of the Lord following his mission, doing the works and the will of God so that we might have that example. Father, I pray this morning that if we are following our own agenda and we have our own selfish mission in mind, I pray that we will reevaluate where we are and realize that we have been given a mission of heavenly consequence, eternal consequence. We are to be light, salt. We are to be a city that's set up on a hill, sharing and broadcasting and, 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 and emanating the grace and the mercy of God in this world. We are to be a people that are compassionately reaching out to the hurting. That should be our mission. To make a difference where we can. We may not be able to make a difference in every situation, but Lord, surely we could make a difference in some. Help us to understand that this morning. Help your mission for our life to be our mission in life. Help your mission for our life to be accomplished in our life. Let us recognize and realize that mission motivates and if we are without mission, let us understand that you have a heavenly calling for us. I ask it in Christ's name. Touch every heart in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. How many of you here today would be willing to slip up a hand?
and say, Pastor Gary, I haven't been all about the mission. I haven't been all about my mission, but today I recognize the need to be about my father's business. Yes, 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 yes. How many of you here today would slip up your hand and say, Lord, Lord, you give me the mission and I'll accept it. You give me the mission and I'll accept it. Yes, there are hands all over the building. Praise God. Stand up on your feet if you will. Stand up on your feet if you will. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every hand. For every individual that said, I haven't been about the right mission. Touch them. Change their hearts. Let them recognize that you desire to use them in the harvest of the Lord. For those that lifted their hand and said, Lord, send me the mission. Here am I. Send me. I'll go. Here am I. I'm willing. Lord, I pray that you will begin to move upon their hearts and begin to show them. Let mission motivate them. Show them the things that you would have them to be a part of in order to advance the kingdom of God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen.